dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going still alive excellent i mean here we are again it's always such a pleasure thank you um so we we you and i uh like started to fall down that rabbit hole earlier over chat um Mm -hmm. and I already put in my notes like this is the obvious opening joke that like I have to do like I'm not contractually obligated to this like when we review you know Disney games but like it still kind of feels like an expectation I was like oh no we're going to be tempted to do the whole song so I was like Mm -hmm. wait the one and only way to cut that off is to tell this story because now if we go back (laughs) to doing the whole song it'll be like an Ouroboros of irony. Yeah, exactly. No, actually, I, I kind of wanted to send the screenshot of like just part of that <laughs> conversation to you. So that way, I mean, or you could just take it and like put it in the notes of like, you know, Ooh, th- this will be a good way to get people to check the notes because maybe I'll put that in there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. wh- like anyone who's here who hasn't already now figured out what this is and who somehow presses play on these episodes without having seen the title of the episode. George, what did we play? We played Portal, the the portal. Yeah, the, the Which, first portal, it, the one that doesn't get a number because it was originally the only one. Correct. It, it, it is the great portal. It's not Portal <laughs> 1, you know? <laughs> That's so dark. That's such a dark way to refer to the it's first a dark of game, anything. man. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm, I'm going to steal the crap out of that. <laughs> yeah, the great portal. Yeah. Um, a a game so huge that when you Google portal, it is like 60% of the image results from Google, despite the fact that portal is a pretty nondescript English word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that actually brings me into, uh, my nostalgia goggles for it because, uh, this game came out in 2007, which, uh, we both want to recognize is, uh, newer than we thought. And we're not now bringing games this new into our library just yet. Um, but but I say that to say this is actually relevant to my nostalgia experience because when this game was new, it became so memefied so fast, and I didn't have the hardware to play it on at the time. So I thought that it was an older game that I had just missed. I was like, mm. oh, this is an older PC game that I like. I just never got to play because I didn't have a, a gaming PC. And then when they released the orange box for uh, the PS3, that was how I got to play Portal originally. But that was only like a year or two after it came out on PC. Like I thought like, oh, man, I finally get to play Portal. <laughs> but the truth was I, I was only like 12 to 18 months late to the party. So um, 2007, 2007. Yep. Yeah, because I, I literally approached you and said, um, so what's our cutoff exactly for this? Because, I mean, if we're saying 2007's a nostalgia game, I got some 2003 titles that I want to thro- throw into the ring. And then you said, yeah, uh, uh, I didn't know this came out in 2007. Little, like, cringe emoji. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my my nostalgia experience is weird, um, which is that, uh originally i played this game on a friend's computer you know at one point because they were like uh, honestly they they said you know 
a nicer version of you're a science nerd you'll love this and <laughs> they were nice. right but for the wrong reasons um but uh the, the thing that i actually this is that was not my first exposure to this game my first exposure to this game was in rock band yeah yeah because like <laughs> the song came up the the still alive right and um so you know sitting there playing this nice little you know guitar you know song and people singing i was like what the hell song is this and i think you said like oh it's from a video game you know from portal and i was like what what even i I don't i've never heard of it it's weird it's like yeah apparently you make portals and you know can i was like all right whatever and then i played the game maybe six months or a year later i was like oh this game's awesome at the time but is it still awesome that's the question yeah and and that was that was part of what made playing it the first time a little scary right is it got popular so fast and like the memes and the song and the the cake references and everything that like when i finally sat down to play it i was like i don't i've never played half-life this is in the half-life universe like are all the jokes going to be ruined because i came in with the jokes like that was that kind of sucked right because that was like right at the the early days of like social media when it was really easy for total strangers to ruin a thing for you, right? Napoleon but, Dynamite for me, man. I, I can't can't yeah. deal with that because yeah. just everyone was like, it's the best thing ever, which is quoting it nonstop. And then I watched half an hour of it and I'm like, I'm good. I, I've seen it. You, you've, you've done a play-by-play reenaction of it for me. So yeah, no, absolutely. It, it was frightening to run that risk and i will be honest one of my own personal biases is when people are like you have to imbibe this thing whatever it is food you know media whatever it will change your life my inherent response is i like my life um i don't want it to change that drastically (laughs) and so i i really it has a hard backfire effect on me and i will like it's it's difficult when somebody says like this thing is like the best thing ever for me to then agree with them like i did not play pokemon for several years after it came out i didn't like rent the 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 musical rent for many years because everybody was like oh my god it's the best thing ever i just recently started liking hamilton you know like these are these this 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 bias that i have has prevented me from taking in things that would be truly enjoyable to me earlier because people inadvertently ruined them so i was really worried about that with this because everybody was saying oh portal and this portal although i will say that that's not the fact that you will circle back just means you need to create enough space that you feel like you can ingest it on your own terms which is not yeah. terrible right because if you were just belligerent and if you were like yeah my friend recommended pokemon to me and i went to my grave having never <laughs> never even learned what a pokemon was right like that that's probably not healthy yeah, no, it, it's more so like when I sit down at the dinner table and somebody picks up a meal and grabs me by the back of the head and starts trying to shove it down my throat, I like bat them away. But then, you know, later on, after everyone's gone to, be- gone to bed, I will shyly return to the table and like eat the food on my own and say, oh, no, this is this this is tasty. I do like this. I just didn't like the way I was being forced to eat it, Yeah, which, which I think is. Again, not entirely unreasonable. People need to <laughs> let people enjoy things like on their own terms. Um, Agreed. Speaking of uh, not forcing people to do things, let's force people to do things. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we're going to show a little bit. Um, if you like what we're doing that we're not forcing you to do, you're here of your own volition, goddammit. Um, well, except that guy behind you, but... 
Yeah, How is he, Mike doing, by the way? By the way, he knows what he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Mike. Um, so, if you want to support what is apparently rapidly devolved into a hostage situation, <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, shout us out on social media. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Links for those things in the show notes. Um, just personal recommendations are honestly always my favorite when someone's just like, Hey, I like this thing. You might like this thing. Don't do what George was just talking about. Like maybe just suggest it and don't be like weird about it. Um, but th- those do, you know, even if it takes three or four years, those people eventually come back around and, and maybe they'll like what we're doing. Uh, if you want to go a little bit above and beyond that, uh, the podcast reviews are helpful, but you can also like give us money, which helps us run the show and, buy copies of portal for george's brand new gaming computer which is why we're finally Woo! able to review portal Woo! um oh yeah yeah uh so if you want to do that you can support us on patreon and everybody who supports us on patreon gets the after show even if you're uh just at the one dollar level but if you go up to higher tiers you get other stuff including your name shouted out on the show so we want to give a special thanks to first our 8-bit classics yarno a curiosity core, also known as the fluid catalytic cracking unit that made shoes for orphans. Jason. An intelligence core who knows that 2 plus 2 is 10. In base 4, I'm fine. John. A morality core, which they obtained after flooding the enrichment center with a deadly neurotoxin to stop them from flooding the enrichment center with a deadly neurotoxin. And Kevin. Keeper of the Aperture Science Weighted Companion Cube, which would rather die in a fire than burden you. <laughs> and our 16-bit heroes, Michael. Wielder of the Aperture Science High Energy Pellet, known for, to cause vaporization. And Jacob. Subject name here must be the pride of subject hometown here. <laughs> our full 3D supporter, David. Wielder of the Aperture Science handheld portal device, which is more valuable than all the organs and combined income in subject hometown here. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a whole episode of that. Um, yep. So, uh, vi- visuals, I guess, is that what we're supposed yeah. to be doing now? Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. This is what happens when I have more time on my hands. <laughs> no, this is great. I'm I'm looking forward to the show eventually becoming like more thanks than show. <laughs> because when i was going through and doing them i was like originally i was just gonna be like oh i'm just gonna pick the cores and then maybe the companion cube and then i I was one short so i started looking through glados quotes and i was like oh i can attribute a quote to each of these things and here we are um visuals yeah uh so the visuals for the sake of visuals are incredibly sterile right that's literally the exact word i have in my notes yeah i mean like because that's that's the whole point um is that it's it's just it's kind of white everywhere you know um for 90 percent of the game right where it is not that it's done specifically to raise dissonance right so the everything's white and it's completely sterile for like the first third of the game and then you get your first kind of little taste of something behind the curtain and it's super not white it's like this yellow tinged madman scrawling across the wall and you can't portal onto anything and you're like this is i don't i don't like this you know um but yeah it's 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 everything about the visuals of this game are done for a reason and i think it's because they knew that if they're going to be doing this incredibly mentally intense mechanical thing they cannot be cluttering up the visuals right so my guess is that basically they probably started with like a white 
room, you know, when they were designing this, right? And said like, okay, here's how you solve puzzles. And then the minute they started to add visual complexity to it, it just fell apart. So they were like, you know what? Uh, What's a good excuse for having basically everything be white all the time? I I don't know. Maybe you're in a science room, like a testing chamber. And it's like, done. It's great. Yeah. And and I'm I, I will say this now. I was wondering when this was going to come up. I actually used to know the story of how Portal came to be, and it it has something to do with uh, basically these like two guys had made a prototype of this mechanic, and I think it was in like a fantasy universe. And then Valve was like, "Drop out of college, and we will give you jobs. Come make this game <laughs> at Valve." and I, I'm I'm probably messing up some of the details, but like this mechanic was conceived separately, and then there was a lot of workshopping and a lot of smart people working together, and, and then out came Portal on the other side. Um, but what I think is amazing about the visuals, from a like allowing this game to age gracefully standpoint, is setting the game in a super sterile hospital science lab where everything is kind of like gray or light gray means they're not really breaking your your computer in half trying to render these visuals right basically everything looks exactly today the way it did in my memory because everything is a flat shade of gray so it's not like i booted this up and i was like oh man this this is so 2007 pc you guys so because if you like if you go back and you play like a ps3 game like you can tell it's from that era because they started to push certain boundaries and some things they were able to make quantum leaps on and other things just got muddier and more brown, right? Like mm-hmm. that that era is just a lot, just like the PS1 era is defined by its graininess, right? So the fact that they have everything so stark is super uh, aesthetic. It fits the world they created. It fits the the narrative that they created. Um, But it also basically allowed them to say, you can run this game on a potato, like you do not need a powerful computer to play it, which means more people are likely to buy it because it's more accessible. And it was easier to port to consoles. And it means when you turn it on 15 years later, you're like, yep, that's Portal. Looks exactly the way it does in my memory, which is pretty neat. When the awesome thing is, is, you know, so white surfaces are portable, portable, everything else isn't, right? So the nice thing is that especially at the beginning of the game, most surfaces are, you can put a portal on it, right? Um, so that kind of gives you a lot of free and safe space to play with the portal. But also, too, is then it basically means that every room is like 90% negative space, right? So that means that you're in a complete, <laughs> you're in a completely white room and your brain immediately says like, okay, I'm in a completely white room. There's two buttons, a box up there, a box down there. How do I solve this puzzle? So that's great from a mechanic standpoint. Um, the thing that I love about this game is, and we'll get into the controls and mechanics and controls and mechanics. The thing I want to talk about a lot in visuals is the aesthetic that they build, right? The 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 world that they build just by creating this negative blank space for your mind to fill stuff in, in on, right? So one of the things I love is that, um, you know, they, they have all of this, this white space, but then there'll be a little... Uh, um, window with a desk, you know, like a, a desk and a chair and all this sort of stuff. But there's never any people. You're being tested, right? And there's a computer and AI kind of telling you what to do, right? Um, but there's, you never see 
anywhere where there should be people, there aren't, you know, and your brain can kind of process that because there's not a whole lot more to process, you know, and so the, between that and some of the audio things that they do to kind of raise that dissonance, your your brain, while it, it's almost like it engages two sections of your brain at the same time, the pu- puzzle solving section, but also you're trying to kind of solve this kind of grander puzzle of where am I? Why am I here? What's going on? What What is all of this? And that's necessary for the big uh, you know, spoilers for the 13 year old game for the big <laughs> kick after section 19, where all of a sudden you are sent to your victory candescence. Um, <laughs> when, you know, so we're, we're all of a sudden like when it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to cook you. It's not like, well, what the, heck? where did this come from? You're like the whole time you're like, no, something, something's wrong. This is uneasy. Um, and they do such a great job building that with again, 90% negative space. Like I, with most games, it's like, you know, there's 30% of thing A and then the rest is the meat. Everything about this game is 90% of it is nothing, is the thing that most games would throw away in the first 10 minutes. That's what 90% of this game is, right? Like, most of the times people are like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to have some open or negative space, but really, we're interested in, like, the stuff. How much stuff can we fit in here, right? Like, how many lightsabers can we put in the prequels, right? You know, like that kind of thing, right? You know, this is like, how much negative space can we uh god sorry it's 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 good it's very well done well and um, the the number of times we have said like oh when you have you know a perfectly blank white wall you'll notice even a single speck of dirt on it because it, it's the one disruption in otherwise white surface and yes that's true and you can actually do that on purpose because <laughs> as you said when you get outside the lab um, or outside the the testing facility, uh, everything is like kind of yellow and grungy because you're in like the factory behind it. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the first 19 chambers, there are small sections where you can see onto the other side of the walls. And then eventually where you can even get onto the other side of the walls to the little spaces where uh, the rat man had been mm-hmm. hiding and kind of like living in the facility. And those are really easy to spot because behind the wall is like yellow and grungy and gross. So you have this like stark, it's kind of an off gray, right? But this stark like white testing room. And if there's even just that one little crack in the wall where the rat man was, you, it jumps out at you and screams like, Hey, come over here and inspect this because it's this like little sliver of yellow light in an otherwise completely featureless room. And it's just like, Oh, if you do this on purpose, that's what this looks like, right? This is uh, people who like minimalist art where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is just a blank canvas except for like this one squiggle. And it's like, right. But what do you see when you look at that one squiggle? And it's like, well, obviously there's a tree in front of some mountains. And it's like, right. Yes, it, that's my point is because of where the squiggle is and because of how it's shaped, you were able to see the tree and the mountains because of where that tiny little column of yellow light is. You're like, Oh my God, there was a person living in there and look, there's crap scrawled all over the walls. And Oh my, there was a whole life in here. Right. And you suddenly just start filling that space all just from that room is gray. This room is yellow. Like that's that, that, that color, that hue shift is doing an incredible amount of lift and like succeeds handily. Well, and 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 a hundred percent cosine on all that, but also too is that, y- so you know, if you have a completely white white wall, right? But then off in the corner, there's a, a small yellow light, right? And you go, 
huh, what's that? And then you like go and, and you, and you kind of search it out. And you're like, oh man, look, I found all this information. What does this mean? Maybe it means this. Maybe you feel like you figured it out. There's not like any like, hey, Mega Man, Mega Man, there's a big, big yellow beam over there. Let's kill you. You know, it's not, it's not that, right? You know, it's not the game beating it over your head saying like, ooh, now this thing's going to happen. You feel like you found it on your own. And, and it's, 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 I think one of the reasons why this resonates so much with, with, with me is, is, is that it's, um, you know, like a, the Tao, the Tao De Jing basically kind of says like, if, you know, in more words than this but you know a good leader is one that when he leads his group to where they need to go the group says look at what we accomplished right and mm-hmm. that's what this game does is this game is leading you by the nose all the time and never once does it feel that you're being pointed here or told to do this or told to do that but the game is just everything about it is pulling you in a certain direction one of the things that i thought was like also really clever is that everything about this game is diegetic right you know so like when you enter into a stage instead of all of a sudden it come up and saying you know here are the five things you need to do in this stage like here are your five accomplishments no what do they have they have a sign they have a sign at the beginning of every level that says what the hazards are and what are the things you're going to be interacting with if there are turrets on that level there's a thing because because there would be a sign it's a testing chamber you need to know you know but because I'm being tested on, I need to know, you know? So, like, when you walk in, you're, you you just say, oh, okay, so these are the things that they're expecting of me in this chamber. And then eventually, because they, they really, the game does, and, and this is somewhat in visuals, it's kind of hard to decouple from mechanics, but is they are doggedly consistent on what they will ask you to do and what they won't ask you to do. You know, so once you're used to seeing certain things, you know that they won't ask you. For example, they will never, ever, ever ask you to portal onto a surface, walk halfway through the portal, and then portal onto something else, right? Yeah. If that's what you're trying to do in order to make whatever it is that you've gotten into your head work, you're doing it wrong. You know, and there's a handful of other things where you're like, maybe I can edge the game's, you know, physics engine. It's like, no. The game's physics engine can do things one to ten, and it will only ever ask for you to do one through five because that that's that's how far they feel that they can push you and still feel have all the the victories feel fair. So say all that to say that everything is diegetic and that the signs that they have before each level are brilliant. It, they're brilliant, and it's another example of it. This. This is such a chicken and egg. Like, I'm sure the story is out there. This game has probably been covered to death. And after we are done, I will eventually go look this up because I'm super curious. But um, it, it's so easy to make an argument for, well, these visuals followed the mechanic. They came up with this mechanic and then they said, these are the visuals that will best support this mechanic. Or to believe that they had thought of this because this is part of the half-life universe, right? So like this universe already existed and this is taking place like somewhat concurrently with other events in the the half-life universe. So it is believable that like these visuals and this kind of aesthetic sort of already existed. And then they were like, Oh, what are some things we could do in that space? Right? Like there was probably a lot of push and pull. Um, I'm sure I, I suspect the mechanics came first, but there's a lot of push and pull between like, okay, so that means we need these visuals, which means we need to tweak the mechanic in this way, which means we need this visual to, or actually lack of visual to support this. Right. And, and kind of go um, back and forth. Uh, a thing you get with all of the diegeticness that is, I think they, they walked a very, 
fine line, but I, I think they nailed it is there are like digital clocks. There's radios like physical radios in universe that you can pick up and like see how they're tuned and, and listen to the music and stuff on them. And there's these big signs that are obviously backlit and the, the gigantic ridiculous buttons. Like there are some things that I could imagine a person looking at and saying, Oh, well that puts this at such and such a time in history, but no, I don't think it actually does. I think one of the triumphs of the visual design of the testing facility and what you see like outside of it, like once you get into the, 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 catacombs the the the, 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 the backstage once you get out of the tutorial yeah yeah basically um the the thing that they did was they made everything like super minimalist in the sense that it it makes it impossible to date things like to have a little object that is designed to be held in human hands and has an antenna on top is like well that doesn't really tell you anything like this radio could be from the the 1930s or it could be from the 2130s. Like it's an object meant to be held by a human with a speaker inside. Like that's, that's not old or sci-fi, right? Um, the, the giant buttons are giant buttons, not because it's like, Oh, we'll see that they, they didn't even have small button technology by this point. It's like, no, it's because it's part of the test. Like part of the test is the button design, the window design, the room design, right? The way everything looks is part of how, the test is being run because the aperture scientists decided that big red buttons don't corrupt test results. I don't know, but like, I, I love that. Uh, you said like, where am I? What is happening? I think one of the things these visuals also drive home, which is somewhat terrifying as you go deeper into this universe is like, when am I, when is this happening? Right. When is this happening in relation to the other half-life games? When is this happening in relation to like, the world as I know it, right? So you're not only out of place, but you're you're like completely out of time as well. Well, that and then, you know, the the where am I? Who am I? You know, like these are all questions that, again, like if this was just a, in a Mario game, you don't ask those questions because, because that game like this one is predominantly challenge aesthetic, right? But through, again, minimalist design and just the the cognitive dissonance, the, the uncanniness Re, uh, registered by GLaDOS and by the testing chambers and by the weirdly unpopulated areas forces your brain to kind of say like, wait, what what, what is going on? Who am I? You know, like you don't even know that, right? You know, to to the point so, where. So I don't I don't want to cut you off, but are you about to talk about when you leave the first chamber? No. Okay, so when the game starts, you're in like the your terrifying little jail cell, basically, mm-hmm. and like, oh, testing is about to start. And because it's a first person game, you you can't see yourself. Shell is not on the box. Um, like you're you have no idea who you are. And if you, the player, know that this game is set in the Half Life universe, you might be like, "Am I Gordon? Like, what? What is happened? Who? The, what is any of this? Right." So the very first portal you go through is mm-hmm. fired by GLaDOS and it is positioned in such a way that as you go through the portal, you see yourself going through the portal. Mm-hmm. So you learn a whole lot mechanically just in that one little interaction that we won't get into right now. But most importantly, it shows you who you are in a game yes. where typically the the first person is not 
like it doesn't really matter that much in a lot of FPS games, right? But this, the very first thing it does, it uses the core game mechanic to do is to show you what you look like. And it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like yeah. they care about me seeing that. Well, and, and that's the thing is that, that that visual is a is a kick to your brain of like, oh, what? Wait. And then so you like kind of take a few few steps forward because you're like, wait, am I looking at like someone else? No, no, this is me. And then all of a sudden your brain starts chewing on that as you kind of leave the chamber. No, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, once you escape um, uh, after you refuse to take the uh, party submission position and you you move on after after uh, uh, chamber 19, um, one of the things that GLaDOS throws at you is, um, you know, you're not a good person, right? Good people don't end up here. That you know? line. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so you're like, where, where is here? Why am I here? You know, like what? Cause like you don't trust GLaDOS, obviously, you know, she is, she is trying to get under your skin, right? Which is amazing. And, and so I say all that to say, you know, yeah, where am I? When am I? Who am I? You know, I know that I'm a, a woman, you know, and that I, I am a test subject, but you and, and you almost feel that like the amnesia that you as the player are feeling is am, is an amnesia that the uh, that the character is feeling as well. Right. So basically they create this negative space narratively for you to just dump information into, which is just like the visuals. You know, it's it's so amazing how thoroughly they emptied the cup. But then. So it's it's almost like a the prestige. It's like a magic trick where they say, you know, uh, all we're going to do is we're just going to hand people empty cups and they're all going to walk up to the soda fountain machine and we're going to do it for 100 people. And at the end, you know, Penn and Teller reveal that everyone got Dr. Pepper, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but they could have picked anything. It's like they could have, but everyone made the same choice. And it's like, how did you do that? It's like, how did you do that? How did you make it so that way you you painted the room and nothing and everyone went in the same direction? You created no backstory, no narrative, no, but yet and everyone suddenly cares so deeply about this narrative. It's 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 really impressive. Um, I wanted to say a couple of other things about the visuals specifically um, in the use of uh, what I'm going to call a complete lack of ambiguity. You never, ever wonder, like, did a th- did the thing that I think happen happen right mm-hmm. so when you depress a button the yep. like gigaton button it's it has some silly name um when you depress a button with a cube or a companion cube um the the little lights that go away from that button change color, and the sign at the end of the button changes from an x to a check and uh that's super obvious and so even if you don't somehow if you don't see like what it did you can literally follow the glowing lights to what that button acted on, right? Usually it opens Mm -hmm. a door, but sometimes it moves platforms and stuff. So the super stark visuals of the like set design, right? So the, the floor, ceiling walls, the signs and stuff mean that anytime anything happens in your field of vision, you can pretty much track exact, like, is there a portal? Yes, it's the giant glowing circle, right? It's right there. It's the giant glowing circle. You know the portal's out, right? Even the little reticle on your gun shows you which portal you fired last. Like, it, it mm-hmm. highlights on the side. Um, if you have a portal out, it's the, the reticle's half illuminated. So, I, I suspect... I'm not colorblind. I suspect you could play this game completely colorblind. Because even though the colors are super helpful, they never 
to the best of my recollection at this moment, use only color, right? So the, the turrets are the only thing that look like turrets. The portals are the only thing that looks like portals. The, the companion cubes and little lights on the, the buttons, like those are the only things that look like that. So it's never like, well, did you press the blue button? Like every single button in the game is red, all of them, right? Every single cube works the same. Every single uh, little light up path on the ground looks and works exactly the same. So like it might, if you were truly colorblind, like grayscale colorblind, it might be a little annoying not to know which one of your portals you're looking at. But even that you have the little indicator on the reticle. So you could learn to just key off of that, which I'm sure if you're colorblind, you would have to do like it's it's incredible how meaningful every single little thing becomes when it's against like an otherwise plain white canvas. <laughs> uh, no, agreed 100%. And not only that, but every time that you do a thing, um, if you do it again, it does the thing again, you know? And, and, I, and I have this in visuals because it is a very visual thing, which is that like, so for example, when you push a button to generate a cube, right? Uh, it generates a cube. And the thing is that the puzzle only works if you have one cube right you know like so if you could just generate infinite cubes now it's not a puzzle anymore now it's a cube making game um so you if you press the button again it fizzles the old cube and generates a new one right and i say that because if you press a button and you're like i don't i don't know what that did press it again press it 15 times press it 15 times and look around it doesn't matter because it'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again there's no point where you can kind of get yourself into a corner mechanically where you're like i don't i don't know what to happen basically if you eventually get frustrated you could probably for most of the the areas you could just walk back to the beginning walk back out and say okay let me try this again let me shake this off get my head straight and say okay i'm gonna walk in i'm gonna push this button again i'm gonna step on this thing again i'm gonna you know and, and go from there um the only other thing that do do we want to talk about the hitbox now or in mechanics um Let's say now. Okay. Um, so the hitbox is very generous, and that is very good in one case and very bad in another. Um, <laughs> it's very it's very generous for, like, energy, the, the high-energy pellet, right? You know, if it's anywhere near where it's supposed to go, it registers the hit, which is, oh, yes. is nice. Su- super generous, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're... If you're if the, cube that you're walking with is anywhere near the outside of that portal it is going to rip it out of your hands you know and yeah yeah and that's just it's again you know like it it, was it game breaking no was it frustrating a couple of times when i didn't have my myself lined up quite right and i just felt like that i I watched the cube clip on the edge of the thing i was like no it just ripped it right out of my hands did that's did did i like that no does it make sense in the universe yes i mean like my hands were outside of the thing i almost ripped my hands off of course i let the thing go (laughs) but i did i didn't like it you know um i i do think um with the high energy particle that that pellet sorry with (laughs) with the the high energy pedant um (laughs) no that's me (laughs) there's uh a huge benefit to that hitbox being so um generous like large which is it i think there are a few times where you could conceive of a solution to a puzzle 
that involves being very intimate with the particle, the pellet, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you won't. You'll die. You'll die like all the times because if it's anywhere near you, it's a one-hit kill, right? And so I think that the visual of like, oh, I, I don't know, it was only kind of close to me reinforces the mechanic of that's not how you do this right like (laughs) because if it looked like oh maybe if i was just a little bit faster down this hallway or maybe if i duck it the last second or maybe if i you know turn my body super sharply it'll like just go whizzing past me and it's like no we're gonna make it look like we're going to kill you even if it doesn't look like it should have hit you so that you like separate those things in your mind like take this visual of catastrophic failure even when you think you should have succeeded and internalize that as don't try to solve the puzzle this way so like right. it, it's uh i i'm i would be surprised if there was any other time in a game we've played where i would say like it shouldn't have killed you but it did was like the absolute right choice like, whereas here I would say like, yes, even though it looks like I ducked under it or I stepped to the side of it, it hit me and it one hit killed me. But like that feedback is, I think the right feedback in this situation. Um, the, the only other thing I have for visuals, um, which is kind of a, uh, I know we're probably running long for visuals, but it's, it's a little meteor thing. Um, is, uh, the, there's in, in stage 18, I can say it is by far the worst when it happens, but when you fall through the portal, it when you have to reorient yourself based off of where up and down is. Oh, is the that portal, the the uppy downy platforms? Yeah, yeah. That room, that, man. When you nail that room, you feel like such a champion. And when you get stuck there, you're like, I know what to do. I just can't do it. Well, and what's what's worse is that I I don't get motion sick, but I know if a game is making me a little motion sick, that it's bad. You know, because I don't. I don't deal with that. Literally, I was playing this game and um, it was right before bedtime. And uh, Megan said, maybe don't give the kids motion sickness before they go to bed. Like, because she was watching it and was like, I can't even stare at this. Right. (laughs) So I say all of that um, to say that that there would be and and I get the idea. And again, this the, the, the mechanic was it's brand new like to us like thinking with portals is old hat now you know it's like how could they how could they have screwed this up <laughs> but you know back in the day it was it was completely new so but the idea of it's like okay if you if your feet go down in the portal and they know from the level design that you're going to then need to pop up and reorient yourself just automatically reorient me the minute that i touch the portal you know that's that's the call because the time it takes the game to forcibly reorient you uh is really really dizzying and uh and and just it's just problematic um but yeah that being said it's it's not it's an issue very very rarely yeah it it's they don't they make you go through portals and continue your momentum a lot uh, mm-hmm. They don't make you go through portals and have to deal with disorientation, like literal right. disorientation, like upside down um, right. terribly often. And there are even a few times where it's like, if you came out of this portal upside down, you may have kind of made a mistake, right? Like maybe you still landed on the correct platform, but if you came skidding in on your neck and shoulders, like that, that was probably not what they intended. 
Well, and also too, in, in stage 18 is the only time when it like matters. So most of the time, if, you, if you're flying out of a portal, you put a portal to a high place, which means that the bottom of the portal is oriented down. And more likely than not, if you're walking through a portal, you're just going to portal and walk through it, which means that the bottom is oriented down. So that means you're you're down, you know? Um, there were definitely a few times when that was not the case, but also, too, the end to that was I then hit where I was going and was done, right? So I didn't have to, like, it didn't matter how I was reorienting in space. I just waited until I my motion, bleh, my movement stopped, and then I was done, right? It's only in stage 18 where they say, no, 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 that's not going to be the case. You need to reorient yourself in midair and then portal where all of a sudden it becomes starkly you become very much so aware of how your relationship to the universe is maintained when you go through portals and how that can be problematic especially when you're trying to do uh, uh momentum conservation oh by the way real fun fi- final side note is uh um this game did cause for me to attempt to explain to my six-year-old what momentum is <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, sounds like that test was not successful. Uh, y- you know, it's it's momentum is one of those things that once you've been on the Earth for a while, you kind of have a feel for what it is already. Um, if you don't have a feel for it, having some thirty t- six year old mathematician, you know, saying like, <laughs> "Well, it's momentum is your mass times your velocity." You know, it's like, well what's any of those things you know it's like that doesn't help (laughs) yeah um two two last things for visuals for me uh one is uh i i was thinking about motion sickness uh when i was playing but then i promptly forgot because i luckily do not get motion sickness so just i sort of spaced out on it um the other thing is uh that made me google um portal vr and mm. there, there is a VR mod. It's not official, but there is like a portal-like game that's um, you can play in VR. That might make me motion sick. That, <laughs> that, that we might actually have to draw the line there because uh, everybody gets motion sick. The question is just at what point, like how disoriented you have to be. Um, but it, that's just, that would probably make me puke. Uh, the, the thing I want to actually <laughs> say about the game is, um, I think it's important to mention uh, the the dark gray non portalable walls that start to get introduced in the later puzzles. Um, well, probably in like the second half, uh, because not only are they super visually distinct, right? Where it's like, oh, these are super dark. Uh, I cannot portal onto that surface. But now, instead of being in like a rectangular solid space, you have you're you're thinking about like each wall is like a solid plane and mm-hmm. then it's broken up into this topography of portable surfaces and non-portable surfaces and because it's it's literally black and white right it's like you have white walls that are helpful and you have black walls that you can't use to solve puzzles and looking at the world that way is how they start to drip out hints about some of the later puzzles it's like oh, well, how would I get way up there? There's nothing I can portal onto. And it's like, right, the only portalable wall that's up at that altitude is way the hell over there, which means you're going to have to come out of that wall with a crap load of momentum to eject you all the way over to that platform you want to land onto, right? Whereas if if more of the wall was portalable, it would probably make the puzzle harder, but it would also like rob it of some of the like the 
sense of satisfaction that you found the right solution, not just a right solution, right? It's like when you, when you do an actual like jigsaw puzzle, the point at the end is to see the picture, right? It's like, Oh, look, I now have an uninterrupted picture. There are multiple ways you can do some of the the levels in portal, but like the visual design is such that they're like, there is a right answer, right? So like, no matter how stumped you are, the game doesn't just stop here. And you can tell that there's some place you can shoot a portal onto that maybe you haven't yet, right? Or there's a button you still haven't pressed. You don't even know what that button does, right? It's a bright red button over there. Don't you want to go press it? Bright red button. So like, I just love that, that little use of color to either draw your attention. Like this is the thing I need to go seek out or interact with. Or in the case of like the, the green muck water that kills you or like the, um, the, the dark gray walls that you can't portal onto. It's like, okay, those are things I want to stay away from, or that can't help me. Well, and uh, to your point, one of the things that somebody said to me a while ago um, about auditors, but I think it's true about this game as well, is because there are a lot of different ways. I mean, even even like in the early rooms, there are different ways to solve the puzzle. Ultimately, it's like I got to get these two blocks onto these two buttons. Right. But, you know, you could do it in four portals or you could do it in like 16 portals, you know, but ultimately, like it's going to get the same place, which is that the game designers uh so sorry to but then to also come back to your point right where it's like but if you're trying to you know like matrix dodge around the energy pellet or if you're trying to do anything weird it's like no 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 that's not the way to solve this puzzle and we'll punish you for it right glados will punish you for that um so is that the game makes sure that every solution is a colored pencil right so they may make their mark a little bit differently and it may be a different shade. It may look a little bit different, but they're all colored pencils. They're not crayons. They're not markers. They're not, you know, scrawled in like, like hand etchings. It's none of that. Right. So that to me is, is kind of to your point, right. Where it's like the visuals kind of funnel you into, are you a colored pencil? Cause if you're not, then we're not going to let you pass. But if you did it, uh, yeah, you know, I mean like with the turrets, you know, Oh, well I, uh, I grabbed a turret and then like, you know, ran behind one and like knocked it out, or I I portaled on, onto a wall and then portaled directly underneath the 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 turret and just giggled. You know, like <laughs> b- both solutions, they will let you get away with either of those two. But audio, yeah, um, you should have been happy. This game doesn't have any music, so you didn't have any music. Does <laughs> too? Like right when you wake up, it goes. Yeah, it's like a little kind of samba cover of still alive <laughs> yeah so for me um I, I did love the audio i actually have four audio notes which is way more audio notes than i normally have yeah dude take it away yeah man because like like it's like oh well there was no music it's like so of course i have tons of audio <laughs> notes See, um, this, this is it you just you need the the negative space to project the song in your heart onto <laughs> exactly um so uh glados uh so first of all the the game is constantly telling you giving you the tutorial right through a big giant data dump right which normally would be awful except that it's all steeped in in glados's character which is delightful so glados is constantly talking to you but what she's delivering is two things one is actually how to play the game right you know so you know it says uh uh you you congratulations you have just learned how uh momentum is lost through portals or more specifically how it is not you know or it, how it's impacted by portals you know so speedy thing goes in speedy thing comes out um you know, stuff like that right she says things like that and you're like huh neat you know um 
thing so so she's delivering how to play the game but she's also delivering this the 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 narrative right of what's what's going on you know and just little things that she does like for example um you know the uh uh this this test chamber is unsolvable right and then you solve it and she goes like yeah i'm so sorry that was that was part of protocol but now we won't lie to you anymore in three two and you're like wait what just happened like are you did you cut out like did you just glitch out did you actually glitch out like all of that is just constantly rattling around in your head so the fact that the tutorial is delivered through audio normally i would just crap all over that but but because it's it's done through this amazing character that has narrative presence and narrative meaning uh it just it works man it works really well and she she is essentially the only character in the universe right because you can see yourself by clever use of portals um mm-hmm. but you don't speak you you never take any actions that aren't driven by the player's hand on the controller right so like it, there's no cutscenes where shell like does stuff um so the only person's voice you ever hear until technically yeah at the very very end um well, i was, I, I was going to say that there's there's one other uh, a character that doesn't talk in the game it's your companion cube oh that's true they are sentient you know we just yeah. have a lot of them um, <laughs> <laughs> um her presence as a character as the only character um is i think she's doing an absolutely herculean amount of work because GLaDOS controls the facility you're in, but in some ways she kind of is the facility you're in, Mm -hmm. right? So everything you see, like she put it there, right? Like every, (laughs) she, she is the DM, right? Like every chest, she put it there. Um, she's also, she's like a third person omniscient narrator, um, who's guiding you along. And then she slowly starts to drip in bits of personality and like her own opinion about things and stuff. And like, it's uh horrifying because like you're kind of inside of her and this is like God talking to you and God seems to sort of not really care if you live or die. Like death is just a data point that needs to be noted. And there are a lot of like iconic uh, voice actors that it's like, Oh man, this role wouldn't be the same without so-and-so, but imagining the voice of GLaDOS as anyone else the woman her name is uh i actually wrote it down it's ellen mclean um which i did not go and look that up someone in twitch chat said it to me and i, and I was like i'm gonna write that down doesn't count as research um but, but he yelled it at me on the street yeah pretty, pretty much um but like she is so integral to the character like she is she is glados the way uh jody what's her benson is the little mermaid right like they they're mm-hmm. just inseparable in this way that the writing is incredible the the voice modulation thing that they do to make her voice sound so creepy is incredible and like all of that audio stuff they do to make her voice but her delivery of those lines is everything she's the only yeah. character in the universe <laughs> like without her this would literally just be like a little sandbox all of the tension, all of the drama, all of the 
hope, like every emotion you have essentially comes from her. Uh, there's one other piece of music that I can think of uh, in the game because there's lots mm-hmm. of like ambient noise and stuff, but there, there's one piece of music and it's at the very end when she tells you like, okay, like we're done with you now. Don't worry. The portal gun can handle temperatures up to like 4,000 degrees. There's like a it very bit of tense you in the face. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a very bit of tense um, kind of like little electronica music. And that's like, if it's not literally the only time other than the songs that are the still live song played on the radio, it's, it's one of the only times and, and which just makes it even more terrifying because her voice goes away and then the music comes in as you, it's like the dawning horror, right? It's essentially supposed to be like a ringing in your ears, but then very notably after that, her voice is not cool and calculating anymore because you are no longer uh, experiment and scientist, like that's not your relationship with her anymore. You are now a threat. She sounds afraid. She sounds angry. She panics a few times. Like her performance escalates in a way that tells you the player exactly how you are supposed to be feeling. Like you have an opportunity to gain the upper hand, but you have not gained it yet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's one of one of the the, the notes I have. That you know, the music right before being set on fire is good, and it jars you awake, right? You know, so like you're sitting there, and the the platform is moving at the same rate that all the platforms move, but that slows way down, and this music kind of kicks online, which all of a sudden gets your heart rate going. So it, like, kind of time slows down, so it gives you a lot of time to kind of think about, like, no, wait, no, this isn't. I'm not. I'm not going to die in this fire, you know, and then. And then the solution to that puzzle is very easy, you know, because they they want you to have that like, oh, I I escaped by the skin of my teeth. But really, they do everything they can to make sure that you are focused and and ready to do that. And and yeah, no. Then all of a sudden, her, uh, you know, she she you know start. That's when she starts threatening you and um and starts like making fun of you personally. Uh, you know that when she says things like you know oh you're going the wrong way or you know that that's when she delivers the line you know you're not a good person good people don't end up here you know she's trying to do everything that she can to um you know get you to to kind of break down and and assume the party submission position well, um, and and right when you first get out of that area she says something and then she starts to like bargain with you a little she's like okay we weren't really going to kill you And you can hear like that panic start to slip into her voice where she's like, if I don't regain control right now, I may not get it back. And then I think she only does this a couple of times, but like the turrets um, have she also voices the turrets and Mm -hmm. they have kind of a cuter. It's like a little it's pitched up a little bit still there. Yes, that exactly. So they. Uh, when they lose sight of you, they call out and they're like, are you still there? They say hello. And it, but it's kind of like a it's like a creepy childlike inquisitiveness because, you know, they they're trying to shoot you. Um, mm-hmm. But when you first break out after uh, Chamber 19 and she first starts to realize that she's losing control, one of the most haunting lines of dialogue to me in the entire game is she just goes. Hello. <laughs> and And it's just it's like. There's this moment where it's like, I, you know, that's not fair to her. I should have just died in the fire because (laughs) because she's terrified of losing track of you, of you coming and killing her, of her being alone like this is she is 
completely lost. And for all of that emotion to be communicated in five little letters and a question mark, it's just like, oh man, I'm pretty sure they don't do Oscars for video game performances, (laughs) but geez. Well, and also too, I think that, um, you know, she the the you know voice actress that did this uh did did two things really really well and i think that's conveyed in the writing and in the delivery which is that when when you're in the test chambers um she's she's thinking about things very clinically and you, you know you said like this she's third person omniscient and she is to a degree but she is kind of telling everything from her point of view right so i think to me the line that really hammers that home is um you know basically uh, if you you know fail, failing this test will will result in an unsatisfactory mark on your report followed by death you know like it's because again that's the order of importance to her right is that it's like you will you will fail the test and that will be bad i mean you'll you know also die but you know th- th- the first thing right you know so so but that pause right like so the writing is there but the pause it's like you know on your test report followed by death you know like that gives your brain just enough time to be like oh well she, she doesn't care right um and then also too is that she is ultimately a a machine an ai right you know governed by by laws right so when you literally rip a piece of her personality off and throw it into the fire right and she's like oh i just realized what that thing you just did that's like the fact that her voice like drops and is less modulated and all of a sudden you're like in in that moment and i'm sure this is the emotion i want you to feel is is you're like did i did i do the right thing i don't know if i should have thrown that thing maybe i should have gone back to the test chamber i don't really want to play anymore i'm gonna yeah, go play appa- apparently there's because when you blow the pieces off of her uh they have like the little green you know mm-hmm. i don't know you call it like tractor beam kind yeah, of sure. thing on it yep. um and the first piece that she drops that starts the fight when you you destroy her is it empathy empathy core it is the morality core morality core that's it um there there's apparently a very large fan contingent that's like she can't destroy it but she knows you can right so so she just she drops it because she's like oh i don't know what that thing you just did was or what that thing i just dropped was it's probably nothing right and so it's not until you destroy it that she's like now i can kill you right because right, that's so, when like, the, the it, turret comes out and yeah. all that kind of stuff and, and again like all of that tension because she's up on the ceiling right and and the one turret comes out like visually the boss fight with her is not particularly spectacular but you're terrified all because of her voice acting right there is a little yep. bit of music there is the sound of like the 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 gas streaming into the chamber but like her uh, change in tone. You're, like you said, some of the modulation goes away and then it comes back when she like gets angry again. Like all of that performance is what makes that so tense. Like the battle itself is actually incredibly trivial mechanically, right? You just, if you got to the final boss, you should be able to beat her based on everything you learned in the puzzle chambers, but you could very easily make a bunch of mistakes because she is threatening you in that terrifying way she speaks the entire time, right? So, like, you're on edge completely because of this, like, soft woman's voice telling you she's going to, like, blow you up with a missile. Um, the the uh, final... Um, oh, so so the, the two final notes I have is one is that when you are in the test chambers, right, and this will be the final note on, on the amazingness that is Gladys's voice, um, is that, you know, she will 
like they'll they'll duck her out from time to time, right? You know, like just and again, you know, is that everything so pristine and so well kempt, especially in the first few test chambers, right? But then all of a sudden, the fact that the that the enrichment centers, you know, like AI voice is occasionally dropping out and modulated and, and weird. It kind of makes you it, it makes it feel like it's run down. And now it starts to make all the visuals look like a facade, which they are, you know. So I thought that that was very well done. Also, um, there's a sound effect for walking through vents. I just thought that was kind of a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like. Like you said, there's 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 basically you and Glados. There's the sound that it makes when you portal. There's the sound that it makes when you hit the ground, like when you're and like moving moving at terminal velocity, and when you hit the ground and vents, you know, because you you climb through some vents. Well, and and this is uh, to be the other side of the coin to your visual note. All of the, with the exception of like some musical pieces, all of the audio in this game is diegetic ui right so when you press a button the button makes a noise the thing lighting up makes a noise and the door opening or the platform moving makes a noise the doors always make the same noise the platforms always make the same noise right they kind of like wah 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 because they're on like the little thing um and so there are times in some of the bigger puzzle chambers where you may have your back to where the thing is that the button acts on but if you can hear a door open, you know it opened a door. If you can hear a wah, 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 then you know it made a platform move, right? Um, when you, uh, the, the, the little particle um, pellet <laughs> makes... High uh, energy pellet. <laughs> yes, the energy pellet, the high energy pellet. Um, it, it bounces, you know, off surfaces, which I forgot to mention in visuals. Uh, not only does it leave a little scorch mark where it bounces, so that if you are having trouble figuring out where it's going to bounce, you know, because it leaves a permanent scorch mark there. But before it pops and the thing is going to fire another one, it fades out, right? So you can tell by looking at it, oh, it's going to pop soon. And you, if you have your back to it, you know, it just bounced off a surface because that's the only thing in the universe that makes that noise, right? So the, the portals... Um, like everything makes a noise that helps you understand what is going on. I think you could probably get away with playing this game totally silent, but not only would that be just absolutely the worst possible idea and don't, don't play this game without the audio. Um, but I, I think the fact that all of the sounds are useful in understanding, like kind of how you're oriented in the world is great. Um, and the fact that the, portal sound which you hear 80,000 damn times is like pleasant it's a pleasant noise it's like a, the the like it's it's like a it's a little like um like magic wand kind of sound it's just like <laughs> and and then it makes like the little satisfying like plop when it like opens on a surface it's just uh, it's great right like yep. how how many games have a gun firing noise that not only do you not learn to ignore but actually is like pleasant and you're happy to hear it because it's like hey i fired a portal and it opened you know on the surface where i meant for it to open right it's like ah it's good it's, it's, oh, yeah it, most people would kill to have a, a noise that repetitive that doesn't make you want to rip your eyeballs out i mean the only one i can think that even comes close is mario walking in donkey kong yeah but i mean they spent all of their budget on that sound effect. <laughs> so much money they just made it rain <laughs> yeah. and, they, and they and they clearly wanted to show it off uh <laughs> control some mechanics yeah um well i okay just before we go on to controls and mechanics 
Do we want to spend any time gushing about the piece of pop culture that is the song still alive? Because I mean, there's a relevant part of the the audio section. Uh, yeah. How how are we doing on time? Uh, did, did, you don't you don't tell Portal when you're done. Portal tells you when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I will say that uh, I I really really like still alive um the end the end songs you know are just do such a great job ultimately re- first of all they do some narrative heavy lifting which is awesome but also they uh they do such a great job kind of reframing what just happened you know um so like the the whole like still alive it's like and believe me i am still alive you know like this was it's like hey i'm i'm, I'm happy for you you know like this is this is this is fantastic you did the thing i really wanted you to do you're like wait was this part of the test you know like it's it's a it's a real great great eyebrow raise it it's it, it's it really reframes like what are you trying to do are you trying to defeat glados because if you are you you, you can't she's she's a machine if you're just trying to get away then you might be able to get that accomplished but if you watch the ending it doesn't really go down that way yeah and i mean that that's the thing about the still live as a piece of music is uh i think you're absolutely right to say like it does a lot of narrative bow wrapping right like mm-hmm. it it puts a nice conclusion to the story you just went through um it is also just a really pleasant piece of music, right? And fun thing about uh, Ellen McLean is she's a professional opera singer. So <laughs> like, if you are going to have someone like that do the voice for your character, it's like, we're, we're going to make her sing. Right. And, and it, again, it all like, it's a very chicken and egg, like which came first, the opera singer or using the opera singer in a creative way in the game, because the fact that she sings a song to you at the end of the game is haunting, right? It, mm-hmm. it further reinforces the like somewhat like Lovecraftian, like impossible to understand otherworldly cosmic horror. That is GLaDOS. Like you don't understand her motives. Like her thinking is beyond your comprehension and nothing really drives that home quite like the robot. You definitely just killed, Right singing a song about how she's super not dead and she is still very angry with you, but at least we did some science. So like it's for to, to have something that is so bookendy, like it's like nobody after they read a novel turns the novel over and is like, man, this summary on the dust jacket, just so good. Right. But but that's kind of what this is, is it's like, it's a summary of like, let's rehash everything that just happened. She basically describes the game to you that you just played through. And yet it's still good enough that if you're on a short car trip, you're like, yeah, I'm going to put on still alive. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I definitely have this in a playlist and my, my kids have listened to it and requested it. So no, it's, it's just a great song. Um, now, now we could do controls and mechanics. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, uh, and and we, we've kind of mentioned this, so I'll, I'll kind of throw it away as, as kind of a, a dipping our toe into controls and mechanics, which is that the framing device of all of this being testing in a test chamber and all that kind of stuff, it does a lot of the heavy lifting of the fact that, that this game has to spend a lot of time teaching you. You know, like every... I mean, this... If this was 
if these mechanics were parsed out to you in a modern, in a normal game like this, it would have to be done very delicately to, for you to not feel patronized, right? You know, but in this game, because it, it, it is a test chamber, right? You know, they can say like, okay, uh, in chamber one, we're just going to show you how to work with boxes and buttons, right? Because it's really important that you know that. And they have literal gating mechanics. Like there is a gate that doesn't open until you've done the thing, right? So it's not like veiled behind some, you know, box that you hit or some, you know, cliff that you can't jump over. It's like, no, there's a gate. These are all gating mechanics. Every single room is a gating mechanic where we're going to teach you a specific new thing. And then sometimes we'll teach you how two of these things work in in in, in conjunction with one another. But that's what we're doing. And so literally to create a game that is not 90% tutorial, I would argue that all of the test chambers are the tutorial. You're not done with the tutorial until you get past your victory candescence. That's when the tutorial ends. If somebody said, like, I'm going to make a game, I am going to create a game mechanic that is so complex that it will take me 75% of the game to teach it to the player before I let them really cut loose with it. I mean, for most most game devs would say, you are outside of your mind and fired. Instead, they said, <laughs> drop out of college and come work for us. Yeah. No, dude, th- this game is... You, you could make an argument that the escape which is what that last segment is called the escape Mm -hmm. and the fight with glados is the game like that's the game and everything else is the tutorial leading up to the game which is the one boss fight yes there is there's one boss fight and and that's that's kind of the way i interpret it which i think is uh amazing also too um you know they they so you know they start off with like hey here are just some uh here's just some blocks right and all that sort of stuff but then they start to introduce you to the portal right that the main mechanic um you start the game with 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 one portal right they control half of the portal gun you know so they just again they 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 ease you into it right because if all of a sudden they were like here's the portal gun go nuts you would you, you'd lose your mind you know you'd be like oh, i'm gonna portal here i don't i don't i don't know what to do i don't know i don't even know where to start but the fact that they said like okay here's we've got point a point b point c we have you need to get to point c you can you can't you can't get to any of them but there's a portal at point b so you realize that if i portal near to me i can get to point b and now that i'm at point b i can now portal to where i want to go and that will get me to point c so the fact that they're like we're going to anchor this portal here so you can't screw this up so much so that when i recognize that that was the way that they were teaching it to me it's the way i teach it to my son because <laughs> what i all, like he was struggling a little bit i'm like teddy blue where you are orange where you want to go and that's and just that's what he does is and, and literally he internalized it to the point where he uh um he will if he if he accidentally puts orange where he is and blue where he wants to go he'll swap them back you know because he doesn't you know because he's like no orange where no, i want to go no, no. blue where i am and i was like that yes if you remember that that will help you get there and, and so now all of a sudden and he can so the fact that again the way I knew how to teach that is because that's the way the game taught me and they did it without bodies of text. And yeah, they did do it with some, uh, some audio cues, but those were awesome as we just said. So, uh, yeah, the fact that they start you off with half the gun, very wise. So, so I, I have this note in here. I, I don't know how, uh, mature this thought is, but, um, let, let me, let me try and lay this on you and, and see what you think. So, I think it's pretty indisputable that this game is super lean, right? I think 
the first time I ever played this, it took me five ish hours to get through some somewhere around there, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, when I played it uh, a couple weeks ago and we first decided we were going to play this for the show, uh, it took me an hour and 54 minutes and that was on stream talking to people. And I was like, wow, I remembered way more of this, not exactly what the solutions were, but like, because I know how to use the tools, right? I know how to use the hammer. I know how to use the screwdriver. I know how to use the power drill. So I was like, okay, I, if I see something that needs a hammer, I already know how to use a hammer, right? The game doesn't have to teach me, even though it does a really good job of that. Like I already know how the hammer works. So I got through super fast to the point where I actually went back and I was like, I wonder how fast I could do it if I was trying to do it fast. And I, uh, on my one and only attempt, cause I only got to try that once. Um, but I got it in under 90 minutes. I think I did it in like 78 minutes or something. And nice. I was just like, man, cause you can really like, once you know exactly how the portals work and you deeply internalize the layout, which I haven't, but when you start to deeply internalize like the layout of the stuff, you can just blast through. Right. And Mm -hmm. what that started to make me realize was two things. One, this game has no fluff. There's no filler. There's no BS. The minute they are sure you have all of the tools you need to be successful, you kill GLaDOS and you get credits, right? Like, well, she's not dead. You think you defeated GLaDOS and then you get credits, right? But I, I think that is something more games need to consider doing, right? Is like they could have done. I'm sure they left a ton of test chambers on the cutting room floor, right? They could have made this game five times longer, maybe a thousand times longer if they wanted to. There's modding tools where, you know, users can create their own test chambers and, and later they like made that an official part of the community and stuff. What I think is interesting about this, uh, they took this mechanic that they just started to really let you sink your teeth into. And then they, essentially say okay the game's done now and the reason that that doesn't feel like a slap in the face to me is because the narrative is so well distributed from the when you select start new game all the way up to when the credits end like you feel this very cohesive narrative arc that when you're done you're like man, that was really good that was really good and at no point did i really ever catch myself saying God, I wish it had been longer. God, I wish it had been shorter. Oh, I hated this one chamber. I hated this one stupid puzzle thing that they made me have to do. Like, it, my my old boss uh, used the phrase perfect movie to describe mm-hmm. a movie that didn't, it wasn't that it was without faults, but it was that there's nothing you could add or remove, right? Like this thing wouldn't be this thing if you made even a single change. And like, that is how the the kind of jiving of the mechanics and the the narrative feel to me. And what I realized is this game is a visual novel that's delivered as a first person shooter. Like you are 1000% in it because of GLaDOS and because of the oh, yeah. story, right? The, the mechanics are crazy fun. Portals are fun, right? Like companion cubes are fun. Like the, the, the toys that you get to play with are fun but that's not why you stay, right? You come for the steak, but you stay for the pie. Like without GLaDOS, I don't think this game would even get to the three hour mark, right? Like you would say like, oh yeah, this is fun. You know, I could 
I can make myself fall in an infinite pit or I can, you know, rocket companion cubes against the wall at a thousand miles an hour, like ha ha ha. But without that super clear narrative objective, I feel like even these incredibly polished mechanics would fall down. And that's where I kind of landed on this. Like this is a visual novel that's delivered at the barrel of a gun. (laughs) You, you, you're here for the character and the story and the world. And you just get those things at the barrel of a portal gun. (laughs) Um, so while, while you, while you were talking about that, uh, you know the current world record for uh, portal wait which category though because what i did was i actually completed every every chamber it, it's, it's saying the um uh are you looking at the glitch list category it shouldn't be glitches i don't believe so okay because if you're looking at a category that includes glitches yeah it's probably like four minutes or something um it's it says um completes the game in eight minutes and 31 seconds that yes that so that involves clipping and going out of bounds uh do you see a tab for glitchless no okay so there there is a category where it's like no you have to actually complete all the chambers and even that it's like 28 minutes it's something insanely fast because and when you watch people do it you're just like oh my god like that's if we had portals in like portal guns in real life like that is it's like ultimate ninja warrior with portals like people just zipping through billion billion miles an hour it's kind of amazing yeah uh so glitchless um 14 minutes 55 seconds 14 minutes so barely faster than someone who clips through the walls and breaks the game yep yeah so um all that so but that but that's the thing though is and and to your point right is that and that's one of the things i I wanted to mention is that um you can play against yourself for efficiency right you know they're they're you know when it when there's a a box at the bottom of a pit uh you know i would go down to the pit and i'd portal out and grab box and go right um then all of a sudden i realized i don't need to do any of that i can just portal and then portal underneath the box and then it just falls out onto the thing that i needed to do i'm like oh that's better faster it makes me makes me feel good um uh so just to uh, a few other rapid fire notes um uh one is they threw in the emancipation grills to keep you from breaking anything you know so oh i'm gonna take this stuff with me and and screw everything (laughs) screw everything up um they uh they kind of make you think that the tutorial is ending early and that you're on your own but uh you're emphatically not you know Uh, there's a couple times where they're like nope this is it man you're all on your own and then it's not until you get to uh uh, section 19 that you realize that you really uh aren't um so one of the things though that uh um that i really appreciated is you have effectively a bananas amount of hit points right (laughs) i mean go go on (laughs) in the in the sense that you can get shot quite a bit before you expire right that that is true yeah because the thing is that the point isn't i mean i would say that you can get shot more than you can in like you know in some doom scenarios right i mean you know you you may be able to get shot more than you can in (laughs) half-life exactly right but the reason why is because they're not trying to make all they're trying to do with the bullets is say if you get shot too many times then you're doing the puzzle wrong, right? You have hit points that are proportional to just dissuade you from solving the puzzle that way. The way to solve the puzzle with the with the turret is not to run directly up to the turret and punch it in its face, right? If you try to do that, you will die. But if you if you're like walking by the turret and it sees you and 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 snipes you a couple of times, 
it doesn't it's like don't 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 worry about that because you didn't really fail you weren't because a failure state is when you're trying to solve the puzzle incorrectly not when you make a mistake right so that's that's why you have just this bananas amount of hit points you know um which i really appreciated because you know there were definitely a couple times where i got like snagged by a a a you know, a turret. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, didn't know they could see this far. Got it. You know, but then every single time I tried to brute force my way around a turret, it it just, it wouldn't work. I just could not get it to work, which is, and that's what they're going for. So even though it is unrealistic, considering the fact that, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're human, right? And, 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 it's, and it's you're very, in like a tank top and a jumpsuit. <laughs> tank top and a jumpsuit. It's supposed to be like kind of like a horror aesthetic more so than an empowerment run one that you can take like 15 friggin' bullets. But again, I felt that that was the correct choice for the game, you know? Well, and it's, uh, it's a little similar to like what the obstacle functions as in the environment and, and it, it's it's not exactly like the conversation we had in the doom 2016 episode about like projectile and hit scan weapons but mm-hmm. it, it's sort of a similar thing of if you fall into the muck like the the green toxic water like you can never get out i right. i can't think of any time where you can fall into water and then get back out of water like water always kills you right and it kills you quickly but not instantly but it's really fast the uh the high energy sphere um mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a one hit kill, right? Instant death. Um, if a cube falls on you, you get hurt, but does it, can it fall from a great enough height that it kills you? I don't think don't it can. Think so. Yeah, no. Um, but it will hurt you if it falls on you. Right. Um, and I, I think it knocks you back like a tiny bit, but the, the turrets are one of the, on- the in fact, I think they are the only, uh, obstacle that can kill you but that has a failure spectrum mm-hmm. and because it has a spectrum, it lets them use them more liberally in the environment, right? If everywhere you went, you were just one, you know, press of the wrong key away from falling into a pit. Like that wouldn't be as much fun. If everywhere you went, there were high energy pellets flying around and they all one shot you like that wouldn't really be as much fun but they can be more liberal with the turrets because they don't one shot you. Right. But they will always win. You can never stare down a turret. So they still have the ultimate steering effect that I think you're talking about of like, you can't run down a turret. If it's firing at you, it will win. Always, always wins. Like use your portal gun, you moron. But, (laughs) but it lets them place them around the environment in ways that one hit kills would be, frustrating it wouldn't be satisfying right it it would just feel like oh i have to do these 30 things perfectly in a row otherwise i'm going to take one stray bullet and die like that sucks right so i I think having one uh like making you a little bullet spongy is like oh well yeah because the mechanic of having a little bit of wiggle room before death is more valuable than like well, they give you long fall boots, but you're bulletproof. <laughs> Shut up. This is here yeah. for the right reason. <laughs> <laughs> and the one, uh, the one final note that I have uh, on, and this is more of a nuanced thing, but I, I thought that it was, um, again, just shows the, the level of detail and care that they kind of put into everything, which is that right after, um, after section 19, right. And you get out of that little pit, right. 
um, you're now behind the scenes, right? And so you walk up the stairs and you start to walk across, uh, up and across the stairs and the stairs collapse, right? And I felt that that was important because even though the entire game, they've been hammering into you like the mechanics of the portal gun and how all this sort of works, this is different. You're now behind the scenes, right? So they make sure immediately they're like, ah, 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 stop it. Don't walk use your portal gun it's useful here too it's not just in the test chambers it's useful here don't forget and i feel that the fact that they went out of their way to be like oh yeah just walk this way no jerk use your portal gun you know <laughs> i felt that that was what like, did we cool. just spend all that time teaching you <laughs> it's like in a in a movie where it's just kind of like you know hey i'm not gonna hit you i'm not gonna hit you just come in here for a second and then they slap you anyways and they're like <laughs> i told you to trust no one you know <laughs> kind of a thing but uh but again i thought i felt that that was important because it, i even though i played the game before the minute i got out there i was like oh i'm just gonna walk across this thing and, and it just didn't occur to me to use my portal gun because i there's there's walkable places and it's like no I, I, again i can't stress it and i need you to follow me on this one use your portal gun so i thought that that was uh well done on their end yeah. um and and i will uh i will just segue this final thought i have into whether or not I thought this game held up unless you have anything else. Nope. Go for it. Um, this game didn't just hold up. Like it is probably even better now than I remember because like I'm better at video games now, which means there's more (laughs) stuff for me to appreciate. Like my, my palate has become more sophisticated. So even though I had a Kobe beef steak when I was 10, I I really just wanted a McDonald's hamburger, but now I can truly appreciate more of the Kobe beef steak, right? Like <laughs> there's so much in this game that is so little, right? So little visuals, so little audio, so little time spent in the universe. And yet this game is more dense with game than <laughs> some like, I, I, I know you've played Skyrim. I know a lot of people love Skyrim. They just released another version of Skyrim. I've still never played Skyrim. When people talk about sinking two, three hundred hours into a Skyrim or into like Fallout 4 or or whatever, I'm just like, doing what? Like, what are you, what are you doing all the time? Right. And and it's I'm sure they have a great time. And I'm I'm not trying to like crap on the thing that they find fun, but this to me is so much more appetizing like a a world and a mechanic and characters and a narrative that i am just champing at the bit for more of but i don't feel like i was cheated right like you you go on the steam store right now and you could buy portal for i think it's 15 dollars. it's like this game is is still worth 60 dollars. like if they were charging full price for this game right now i say full price right like the current standard for like a triple a game and someone's like oh man a game is only three hours like i wouldn't be able to slap them fast enough <laughs> to get that bullshit thought out of their head like it's just so rare that a game is willing to say like we did everything we came to do and now we're done because we don't want to sully the experience. So like not only no nostalgia goggles required, but like, can you, how do you follow on to this? Um, so I'm just picturing somebody like at the checkout counter, you know, with portal and, you know, uh, and so it just shows them and there's a huge line. It's like Christmas, you know, behind them, you know, and it scans and it's like $60 and they're like, isn't this game like 14 years old? 
and it's only three hours long. I don't know. And then you just hear like, oh, ow, ow, no, wait, ow, ow. And it just like shows you just like clawing and like running over people to like try to slap this person. Yeah. You it's, know? it's like a, there, there's that clip online of the, the stupid neo-Nazi douchebag and oh, he's, yeah. he's being interviewed and then the dude just comes flying from off camera and just like haymakers yeah. him and then runs off down the street. Like, I would be that guy. I'm the Nazi puncher. Like <laughs> if you decry this game for being too short, if you say it's too hard, if you say you don't like the horror aesthetic or whatever, like that's totally fine. Cause those are, those are taste things. Right. If you decry this game for being too short, I will come flying from off camera <laughs> and knock you stupid. So, uh, so obviously no nostalgia goggles required. Um, this, uh, this game is, is, is lawful. Good. But it's like a paragon, right? So I say that it's like um, it's like Superman or what we can kind of more aptly see in, in the MCU. It's like Captain America in the sense that, you know, Captain America is lawful good. And everybody's like, oh, well, that must mean that he's a stick in the mud reset. But like everyone who's ever been around him, it's like he's the best. Oh, my God. You met Cap. You got to be around Cap. They're just excited. It's this game. You know, it's, there's a reason why it's so popular and a reason why it's coined the phrase like now you're thinking with portals. You know, literally this game, it, it as far as, you know, the best game I have ever played, I still contend is The Last of Us. Uh, the main reason why is because it caused me to empathize with a decision that a character made that I never would have empathized with otherwise. So that game taught me how to empathize with another human, right? This game, though, taught me how to think about physics in a completely different fashion, and it did it not by making me feel like I was in school, but actually making me beg for more. And then they then they created Portal 2 where they made tons more. I played this game so hard that I am already playing Portal 2. I mean, like we should do, do we should review that next. I I can can we just do that? Like can we just go do an episode on Portal 2? I mean, I I've got the time. Let's do Portal 2 now. Portal 2. Portal 2. 